Welcome back to Podcast 22 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Ozbreakers. Follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Shot Quality Bets. For 30% off Shot Quality, please visit Shot Quality Bets. Use the promo code ODDS23. Get a new perspective in capping March Madness. If you'd like to support The Ozbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theozbreakers.com. Click shop and become a member. Pick any of our premium cappers to get their premium plays for the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. But if nothing else, please visit the Asbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. We are rolling through the week, my friends, and March Madness is my favorite time of year. And that means that we have to have amazing guests for you. And we are going to today bring on Mr. Matt Humans from VSIN to break down a few college basketball games and a few good questions. Kind of like a little bit of a hodgepodge after we covered the Thursday and Friday games, the last two shows. We're going to see what Matt's got to say about a couple of the big matchups and a couple of the tough matchups that some people have some challenges in figuring out. Before Matt comes on, I want to remind you that we are having our college basketball tournament challenge just go to the oddsbreakers.com click on the link on the front page for the cbs sports challenge five hundred dollars to first second and third place all you have to do is give us a five-star review take a screenshot send it to info at the oddsbreakers.com or a retweet of the podcast will suffice i'm also going to go over my bracket and remember your brackets have to be in by noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific time on Thursday morning. Make sure you get your brackets out by then. It really sucks to have to scramble at the last minute. All right. The time has now come for me to reveal my NCAA tournament bracket challenge. Yeah, such a big deal, right? (laughs) Well, so for my main bracket, I've hemmed and hawed about this, and I've changed my champion like three times, but I'm settling with this one, and I'm going with it. All right, so I'm just going to tell you some of the main upsets that I'm picking throughout the first round. I am picking Maryland over West Virginia. It's an 8-9. It's not that big of an upset, but what I have to say is that defense travels more than offense, and that's where Maryland, I think, might have an advantage, and they do have a size advantage down low. I'm taking Furman over Virginia. I think Virginia is a little fraudulent this year, and they know it coming in. Furman smells the blood and should be able to capitalize against an injured Virginia team without Vanderplas. I think that's huge. So for the next one, I'm pretty much going chalk. Creighton, Baylor. Uh, I am taking Utah State over Missouri. It's like a one or two one and a half point spread they just beat them everywhere minus the turnovers and arizona for the two seed uh next round for to the east from the south we go purdue's gonna win memphis 
I have Duke beating Oral Roberts. I know this is going to be a popular upset, but just like I said in the earlier shows, Filipowski should be able to handle Vanover. Tennessee is going to get past Louisiana, probably Kentucky against Providence, but that should be a close game. I think Kentucky feels the pain a little bit more from last year. Uh, the next upset is Montana State. I am picking Montana State against Kansas State for this upset. I know Jerome Tang has done a fantastic job with this Kansas State team, but sometimes teams just get hot, and Montana State does play some defense. Montana State has a few matchup advantages as well. Going with Michigan State, almost at home in Columbus against USC, and going with Marquette. So the Midwest bracket, uh, pretty much all chalk minus Auburn. I'm taking Auburn at number nine. I'm not taking Drake over Miami. I like Miami, and I like Indiana over Kent State. That's going to be a popular uh, upset that people are picking. I think Indiana is getting disrespected at minus four. Uh, Pittsburgh, I will take over a bad travel team like Iowa State. I'll take Xavier. Uh, I am going to take Penn State here against AM. I think AM had the wind kind of taken out of their sails a little bit against Alabama. Uh, and then I'll take Texas there. Going to the West, which is the hardest bracket, uh, Kansas. We're going to take number nine, Illinois. We're going to take VCU as the upset over St. Mary's. And I've already talked about that one. Uh, UConn, TCU, Gonzaga, Northwestern, and UCLA rest chalk along the way. Now, getting to the Sweet 16, I have Bama beating Maryland, San Diego State beating Furman, Creighton beating Baylor. Sorry, Baylor, you haven't been traveling well. And I have Utah State actually upsetting Arizona. Arizona's just kind of inconsistent, up and down. Some days they just don't even show up. So I'm a little concerned about Arizona. I like Purdue to beat Memphis. Nobody else seems to <laughs> like that. Uh, it's a big upset people are picking. I like Duke over an injured Tennessee that don't travel well. I like Kentucky over Montana State and Michigan State over Marquette. Uh, I like Northwestern. Uh, sorry, not Northwestern. I, I like uh, UCLA over Northwestern going to the West. I have TCU and Gonzaga as a close game, but I'm taking Gonzaga in this one. I think Gonzaga might get a scare, though. And then I have... UConn beating VCU, and Kansas beating Illinois. Up top, I have Houston beating Auburn, Miami beating Indiana. I have uh, Pittsburgh versus Xavier, Ivy Xavier, and then, of course, Texas into the Sweet 16. And now to move on to the Elite Eight, I have Duke beating Purdue for all the reasons that I say. Tournament, whistles blowing, Edie in foul trouble. I think Duke has a very winnable bracket there for their quadrant, uh, and Michigan State will be beating Kentucky into the Elite Eight. I think Sparty's kind of solid on both sides of the ball. I think they have some experience, and I think Izzo's finally going to show back up a little bit. Uh, I have Alabama versus uh, San Diego State. I have I actually have Alabama losing that game. I have San Diego State with the big upset, and they're going to play Creighton. Creighton is going to pass Utah State in the Elite Eight, and then I have Miami versus Texas. Miami's beating Houston, and then I have uh, UConn advancing past Kansas, upsetting last year's champion, and then I have Gonzaga upsetting UCLA just like they did a couple years ago. And then to my Final Four, I got to have Duke beating Michigan State. 
I have Creighton beating San Diego State and a little bit of a letdown after they beat Alabama. I think Creighton just has too much offense and a great center in Kalkbrenner. And then I have Texas beating Miami and Gonzaga beating UConn. So my Final Four has no number one seeds and only one number two seed in Texas. I have Creighton, Duke, Texas, and Gonzaga. I'm having Duke beat Creighton. I think the Kalkbrenner versus Filipowski is going to be fantastic, but they're going to run out of gas. Gonzaga is going to have a little bit of an easier time with Texas. Even though Texas beat them way back in November, I just think Gonzaga might be able to travel a little bit better. Now, remember, Texas got them at home. And I have Gonzaga cut down the nets beating Duke. I think finally Gonzaga gets it done. And I'm taking the team out of the hardest bracket, which is kind of shocking. A lot of people are going to be taking Texas because that Houston, the Houston issues. A lot of people are going to be taking Duke. I, I, not many people seem to be on Purdue. Purdue's almost like a very contrarian play, it seems. Nobody wants Purdue uh, for some reason. I, I actually have a bracket for Purdue winning out of my seven or eight of them that I filled out. So I will pack them in one of them just to fade the public. But um, I, I just think Gonzaga, it's their year. Nobody's picking them this year. If anybody's getting out of the West, I think it's a team that's really hot. Now, Gonzaga, if you look since the third week on Bart Torvik's efficiency, they are the number one team. The third week in January, I'm trying to say, they're the number one team over the last six or seven weeks of college basketball play. I think that goes far. I think they have the experience with Timmy. Uh, they also shoot the three ball very well. You know, I know they're not in the best conference, but, you know, they kind of grew up since that St. Mary's loss a little bit. You have guys like Rasir Bolton shoot over 40% from three. You have uh, Julian Strother shooting over 42% from three. You know, Ben Gregg even shoots 39%. Drew Timmy is Drew Timmy. You know, there's uh, there's just a lot of weapons. Malachi Smith. He shoots 50% from three. You know, they might have the power to get out of that bracket with an injured UCLA, a UConn that just always fails in the tournament, a Kansas that won it last year, a little bit injured. I have to actually check up on this Kansas injury as well because you never know if McCullough is going to play or not. I I think he's probably going to play hurt. But no, it's Gonzaga for me. I'm glad that I'm on them. I think this is the year that very few people pick Gonzaga, and those are my bracket challenge entries. Duh. Winning. All right. Well, I hope you guys win your bracket challenges as well. Now it's time to bring on our great guest, the editor of VSIN and Mr. Matt Humans. Now I'm very excited to welcome the editor, a college basketball guru and highly respected host at the Vegas Sports and Information Network and Mr. Matt Humans from vcin.com. You can follow Matt on Twitter at MattHumans247. Matt, we have a big couple of days coming up, man. How are you feeling? Feeling pretty good, all things considered. That 247 stands for uh, how many hours I've been awake this week uh, working <laughs> Uh, but you know, this is, this actually is my favorite sports week of the year, uh, because I love the first four days of March madness. If you're a college basketball, uh, better college basketball, lifelong fan, like I am, there's nothing better than this. 
and uh, I'm ready to get into it, man. Hopefully, we got some winners. I've always enjoyed your podcast, so it's great to be on today. Oh, thank you so much. Real, real honor coming from you. And I, it's so funny. We share a lot of the same friends. Uh, you've been around forever. We started in early 2017 before the boom. Here we are talking some college hoops. It's like a dream come true for me because I love college hoops, and I love following people that know about college hoops. So it's just great. And an honor to have you on this show. But let's get right into a little college hoops with the bracket. Uh, you know, I love brackets. I think that's what's drawn me into maybe even sports betting. It was in the late 90s when I filled out a bracket, lucked out with UConn winning it that year. I think it might have been 99 or something like that. But uh, you know, maybe that's what got me into betting because then I started sports betting on the old offshores and you know, sportsbook.com, Bodog, you know, back then. And then I just, you know, kind of stayed into it for all these years. But um, I want to ask you, do you fill out a bracket? Uh, is that your thing or are you just more into doing the game-by-game handicaps? Hell yes, I fill out a bracket. <laughs> you wouldn't be human if you didn't do it. You know, I, and there might be guys like, uh, there might be uh, Twitter second-guessers out there who call that an inefficient waste of time, whatever. That's, you know, <laughs> Mind your own business. Let people do whatever they want to do. I see people preaching on Twitter all the time about, uh, you know, what you have to do to be a successful sports better. Right. I would think I would think one of the things you have to do to be a successful sports better is not tweet all freaking day about <laughs> what other other people's habits might be. But uh, I think, you know, I I grew probably from the age of uh, one or two. You know, my dad had me into basketball and college hoops, and I've been pulling out brackets my whole mm-hmm. life. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in like three different bracket contests, you know, and uh, I've won a handful of these over the years. And you can make money off these bracket contests. So, oh, yes, I fill out a bracket. And I, I worked on mine. Uh, my dad actually called me like two hours after the selection show. Who do you like? Uh, I need to fill out my brackets. I said, man, give me, a, give me a chance to look at it and think about it tonight. I'll get back to you tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, my dad's the same, but I have to manually put it in the contest. You know, it's like, Uh he's not going to get on the computer and do it. He's in his upper seventies. And, um, you know, I'm like, can you get it in tonight? He's like tomorrow morning. I'm like, okay, great. For for about 15 minutes before tip off, I'm going to be filling out my dad's bracket on our, uh, bracket giveaway. So we, we love to do one at the odds breakers. We give away $500 to the top placers as just a free promotion, from the oddsbreakers.com. So we love it too. But what I have to ask you, I mean, who's uh, your final four? Who do you got winning it? Right. So I did not want to, I never liked to advance number one seeds to the final four. But when you break down this bracket, Alabama's got a you know, relatively easy path to the Elite Eight. And Houston's got a, I think, a relative, an easier path to the Elite Eight, maybe to the final four if Texas doesn't come out of the bottom half of that bracket. So I hate to say it, but, you know, the deeper you get into, advancing teams and brackets, the more chalk you get. Uh, that's typically the way it goes. Aside from, uh, like, the first year Butler made the national championship game, I actually had Butler in the Final Four. But it's, it's very rare when you can find, you know, long shots like that to get to the Final Four. But I've got Alabama and Houston out of the South and the Midwest, respectively. And then uh, out of the East, I've got Duke. And out of the West, I've got UCLA. And I can tell you that about a month ago, I was certain that I was going to pick UCLA to win all my brackets. And I, with conviction, I thought UCLA is the best team in college basketball. You got the, they had the defense. They got the uh, veteran stars, Jaime Jaquez and Tiger Campbell. Sure. 
they've also got really good supporting uh, players around those guys. Mick Cronin's a coach who can get there. But UCLA plays the type of defense that you need to play to win a national championship. And the more I watched them, I was convinced, okay, that's my team. And then Jalen Clark goes down with the uh, injury on the last Saturday of the regular season against Arizona. And I see him walk out of the locker room on crutches, wearing a boot. I was like, no, this can't be, this can't be happening. And uh, turn, you know, he's the Bruins' number three scorer and best defender, a 6'5 sophomore wing. And you, you could probably make a case he's the best defender in college basketball, top five. Yeah. And without him, I don't think UCLA's got enough depth to get there because Mick Cronin, even with Clark in the rotation, was only playing six guys for significant minutes. Now you're going to ask guys off the bench who weren't really playing an important role to step up and play really big minutes. In the NCAA tournament, you got to win six games. I don't think UCLA's got enough to win six games, so that's disappointing. But I've got Duke against Houston in the title game and Houston winning it all. And I can tell you that not at one point this entire season did I think I was going to pick Houston to win this whole thing. <laughs> but then the way the brackets were laid out yeah. on Sunday, Houston's got the easiest pass. So you play the percentages. And Houston is the type of defensive team, too, that can do it because there's going to be nights when your offense takes off and you got to win it with defense. you got to win ugly games, and Houston can do that. Oh, for sure. So um, I'll embarrass myself here a little bit and say that I don't have any one seeds. Uh, I do have Duke, though, to uh-huh. the championship game, and I feel very public about that. I Right when the seeds came I out, I, I did a show on it, and I was like, they have the easiest path just based on the fact that I think they match up well against Oral Roberts with Filipowski. And if Zach Eady gets in in foul trouble, which is what happens in the tournament, what else do they have for Purdue? And so, I, I, I mean, I, I had to fill out another bracket where I have Purdue going far because nobody else is doing it. Uh, right. I think you're a Purdue right. man yourself. But uh, it, it's, uh, it, it's just one of those situations. But while they're zigging, I'm zagging. I got Gonzaga winning it all because – I think if there's any way to get out of that just brutal West bracket, it, they might have to score a few points. And since uh, the third week of uh, January, Gonzaga's been a number one on the Bart Torvik, so uh, on yep. the efficiency. So that's that's what I'm going for. And uh, I hope I hope if I'm out, it's the Band-Aid just ripped off quickly and I can just worry about my handicaps after that, my man. Yeah, that's, a, that's the thing about filling out the bracket. After I do the initial bracket and enter the contest, I don't think about these – picks i'm betting the games individually and just trying to win games that day uh so i'm not gonna worry about hedging any bracket picks or anything like that you kind of do the brackets for fun also hope to win a few contests but you know i i, I like gonzaga like you said for, since february 1st the number one offensive efficiency team in college basketball i'm not sure if they're good enough defensively but the way that bracket breaks and that west is so tough you got kansas and arkansas and yukon in the top half mm-hmm. and uh tcu gonzaga UCLA in the bottom half. It's it's interesting that the uh, NCAA selection committee stuck Kansas with such a difficult region and gave Houston, by comparison, a much easier region yeah. in the Midwest. But anyway, <laughs> it's I, it is weird. But the Sasser injury bugs me a little. We'll see how uh-huh. how he comes back healthy. I think he'll be healthy enough for it. And maybe the fact that they lost their championship game is actually a boost and something better for them. Before we get into a couple games, since 2011, the first half under. Is 180 and 149, 55% when the total is 65 or higher. I caught on a little bit early, thank goodness, thanks to guys like Kyle Hunter that actually put out this stat. He's a totals better. But uh, do you think first half unders will be relevant again this year? 
I do. I'm not a big totals better, um, but I'll play some in the, I'll play a handful in the first round, and I would definitely look at first half unders. And a lot of these teams come out tight. And so, you know, and also some of these games tip off early in the morning, which uh, you call body clock games, right? Where you have to look for, let's say, a team like St. Mary's from California might be tipping off against VCU in the morning on Friday. I got to check the time of that. I, I got to go through the time of some of these games, but. Uh, I always feel like uh, teams are tight in the first half in NCAA tournament games, and I would look at first half unders. You know, some of these underdogs, too, when I bet the dogs, I always play, or I try, not always, but a lot of times I will play part of my bet on the first half because we a lot of times you'll see these dogs stick in there, maybe even lead at halftime, and then get blown out in the second half. Uh, but, yeah, I think first half plays, whether you're looking at totals under or underdogs, a smart tip. All right, good stuff. I will. I've already, I've already played with a few. I think they're going to go down before they go up again before the game. So keep that in mind. We there's still a little time here. Let's get into the games and a couple. I picked out a couple tough toughies because you know uh, that's we have to get through the tough ones. And Charleston versus San Diego State is one that doesn't seem to move too much. It's been sitting at five and a half. The totals around one forty one point five. You have anything on this one? You know, San Diego State's so long and athletic, and they uh, they don't let you get off good three-point looks. And uh, I, I actually respect the Aztecs quite a bit for the way they defend. If you look over the past uh, 15 or 20 years of this program, it never changes. The Aztecs are one of the top defensive teams every year. And Brian Dutcher has done a great job carrying over what Steve Fisher did. And Utah State went into the Mountain West title game as the fourth Number four team in college basketball in three-point shooting percentage at about 41%. And the Aztecs held Utah State to four for 24 from three <laughs> in that game. It was, you know, part of it might have been fatigue from Utah State playing day after day in the tournament, but also Aztecs, I watch it, they don't give you open looks from three. And I think this is going to be a huge step up in class for Charleston facing this type of defense. That said, I like the Aztecs to win the game, find a way to win the game. But I'm not laying the points. I think it, for me it would probably be a, a plus five or pass here. I, I have not bet this one yet. I think the Aztecs find a way to win a, an ugly, uh, low-scoring, close game. Uh, but that's the extent of my analysis there. Because I, I know two really sharp betters who love Charleston, and I know a couple of really sharp betters who love San Diego State. And I, I'm actually kind of in the middle where I think San Diego State's going to win, but I'm not laying the points. Yeah, I mean, I'm on the same boat. I think it's a pretty solid line. I, San Diego State uh, away from home, 47.5 effective field goal. Uh, Charleston's better than that. Of course, they had a little bit of an easier schedule in a smaller conference. But, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those situations where San Diego State can go through droughts and they might just inch through this one itself. So I leaned on Charleston. Let's move to another one, toughie. Uh, Boise State versus Northwestern. Northwestern minus one and a half total. 128 now i i'm a big 10 fan i'm a i'm a badger fan but i'm not one of those fans that like root against people in my division or anything i I actually want to see success from northwestern i'm very happy that they made the tournament but this is a tough spread for me because northwestern is not coming in hot they're actually coming in kind of cold they had a couple hot streaks there seemed to be the better team when they're doubted or on the road you know but this year um they're not doubted in this position they're minus one and a half first time I think they made the tournament a couple years ago, but this is this is a, a, a newer thing for them. You're talking about Northwestern, right? That's right. 
I can't cut out for a second there. But uh, I, I'm on Northwestern here. I bet this plus one on Sunday night. I, I like their senior guards, Boo Booey and Chase Adiz. And when you get a tournament like this, I think uh, those the experience of those two guys, even though they don't have a lot of NCAA tournament experience, they're still facing a, a team out of the Mountain West that has uh, no experience with success in this tournament either. I, mean, yeah. I've, I, I said this on a show last night. If you've been betting Mountain West teams, in this tournament for the past few years, you might as well invest your money in Silicon Valley Bank. All <laughs> uh, right. Mountain West is 0-8. Eight straight losses in this tournament. Lost 10 of the last 11. You're going back to like 2016. Uh, one win since then. And I'm a, I'm a pro Mountain West guy, but when you get in this tournament, you got to win. You got to win games. And uh, I like Northwestern. And I also kind of like the fact that they were disappointing at the end of the season. You know, lost a home game to Penn State, lost their NCAA tournament game there in Chicago. Sometimes I think that can be a positive when a team uh, flames out in the conference tournament. And uh, for Northwestern, I think they're going to show up here with a little bit of an edge because they did uh, lose a couple games there at the finish. But for me, the overriding factor has got to be the senior guards. You know, if you look at – Northwestern won on the road, won big games at home. These guys can win anywhere. I like Adige and Bowie, and I like Northwestern. It's not one of my biggest plays, but I did. Uh, it's a normal play for me. Adige, one of the best players that's not talked about in the Big Ten, in my opinion. I took the first half under 59 and a half. Uh, certainly a lean to Northwestern, and I still might get to the window. Might be a money line play for me right. if I do that. Uh, okay, this is a newer one here because Pitt just played last night. Pitt versus Iowa State, minus four. The total, 131.5. I mean, the, what I wrote down here is that a few things just stuck out to me. Um, Iowa State's got the great defense, but they really falter on the road. On Haslametrics, they're ranked uh, in the high 300s in home road splits. Uh, I think when your name's not Baylor, at least they don't win on the road. But at the same time, my big issue with Pittsburgh is they're kind of like a poor man's Baylor. Focuses a little bit more on the offense. I think Mississippi State was terrible yesterday. Uh, it's probably a good number at four is what I wrote, but maybe you have something better for me. Uh, so I, I kind of think what I was going to look for this uh, stat from last night's Pitt game that's, I think, relatively uh, interesting. Let's see if I can call it up here real quick. Sure, sure. So. You know, it was interesting going into it. The Mississippi State was the worst three-point shooting team in college basketball five percentage. Very rarely is the worst three-point shooting team in the country even going to make the tournament. Yeah. Uh, Mississippi State made it and ironically had a wide-open look from three to win the game and bricked it last night. So an appropriate end to that Pitt, um, Mississippi State game. Okay, this is from uh, Optus Stats last night. Pitt is the only team in the last 25 years to score 60 or fewer points shoot 35% or worse from two, shoot 60% or worse on free throws, get out-rebounded by 20 or more, and still win the game. <laughs> Teams have been 0 and 348 over that span with those numbers, 0 and 348. So if you're talking Pitt, Iowa State, I'm not a huge Iowa State fan, but the Cyclones did play much better, and they beat Baylor a couple times towards the end of the year. Maybe it was addition by subtraction that Caleb Gill, Caleb Grill left the team. I thought early in the season he was their most important player, but apparently became a disruption uh, late. But the Cyclones got it together. They beat Baylor a couple times. Mississippi State being the worst three-point shooting team in the field, knocked out, Pitt advances. Uh, I wasn't too impressed by the way Pitt played last night. You're talking about first-half unders. You might see one here yeah. in this game. I think this is going to be uh, a really ugly, low-scoring game. I lean to Iowa State in the under. No, I, I definitely lean the under as well. Four points is 
it, it's almost telling you that, yeah, the right side is literally Iowa State here. I mean, Pittsburgh not getting any respect here by the, the by the market, and it hasn't moved much. So uh, I, I would probably agree with you on that one. Here's another tough one because I would was hoping like I could fade both of these teams, but this is another one similar to like Auburn, Iowa, you know, or Illinois. Uh, Arkansas, Providence, Kentucky, and Providence, Kentucky is just Kentucky. They're so up and down. Kentucky's laying minus three and a half uh, total one forty four. Providence doesn't play much defense. Kentucky is inconsistent to say it even nicely. I think they're just all over the board. Um, I, I'm probably staying away from this game, but this total tells me that both teams could score. I do like Ed Cooley more than I like. Uh, Calipari. So, yeah, I wonder if Ed Cooley's going to be off to Georgetown. Yeah, I don't think he's made a statement about that. That's a distraction the Friars have had to deal with the last couple of days. But I'm not going to let that even enter my handicap because I like Cooley too. But and you're exactly right about what it. Said Kentucky's been wildly erratic, and the, the the three point shooting has not really been there. I thought it was. Uh, you could kind of draw a parallel maybe to Virginia when they lost to UMBC, the Retrievers, as a number one seed, and then they come back next year and get redemption and uh, have a wild ride all the way to the national championship. Kentucky losing the number two seed St. Peter's last year in the first round. I think the Wildcats are going to get some measure of redemption here, and uh, I like them to advance past Providence. This is not one of my – I've got, I think, 15, 14 or 15 bets on sides in the first round. This is not one of them. Uh, but I kind of I kind of lean Kentucky here because I don't think Providence is uh, tough enough defensively to handle handle Oscar Shibway inside. In fact, if, for those who bet player props, I, I'm going to project Shibway Oscar to have uh, Shibway to have 25 points and 17 rebounds in this game. <laughs> I think I think he's going to pound Providence inside. The tricky thing is a lot of betters always looking to fade the Friars, right, because of the luck factor has been on their side in close games uh, the past two years. I respect Providence. Not crazy about them. I think Kentucky finds a way to win the game. I've got Kentucky advancing in my bracket, but it's not a bet for me right now. Yeah, me either. Kentucky had that massive disappointment last year against St. Peter's, and you wonder if that motivates the team. That's the creative uh, handicap that people think about more than the metrics. Sometimes that works for you. Sometimes it don't. I, I think it should. You, you would think Kashiwe should be a good leader, and I always like the kid, and, and and he should be able to be the one to lead him at least past this round as well. So I'm kind of kind of with you on that. Let's go hodgepodge since we have a couple minutes. I have a question for you, and because I just thought about this recently, does Gonzaga fans travel well to Denver? Oh yeah, the Zags fans will travel just like they do for to Vegas for the uh, West Coast Conference okay. tournament. In the, in the fans are, yeah, and also don't forget that regionals out in Las Vegas, right? So they're going to be ready to travel. They are. So the reason I ask that is because guess who's playing UNC Asheville in Denver uh, very soon? Here it's Baylor, and I wonder. If and this usually happens when the teams don't travel well or the fans, they always root for the underdog as it is. Now you have Zags fans really not liking what happened with Baylor a couple years back in their championships. Maybe they're just completely backing Asheville here, and you get a little bit of home court love in Denver. Just kind of thought about that. I don't know if that's noise or a distraction, but what are your thoughts on that potential? Okay, so according to my bracket, 
Baylor's playing UC. Yeah, Baylor's playing UC Santa Barbara, not Asheville, right? Asheville's playing UCLA. I, 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 okay, so yeah. yeah, I wrote it. I wrote Asheville by accident. My my. No, that's my cool. Uh, I actually am considering a bet on Santa Barbara. I have not made it. Uh, I have not made the bet on Santa Barbara yet. I think the number you can find eleven, maybe eleven and a half on the Gauchos. Uh, I kind of leaning that way. Mm-hmm. Baylor's uh, guards went ice cold late in the year, and their defense has been shoddy. I, I'm really surprised how bad the Baylor defense has been late in the season. So uh, I'm kind of leaning to you at UCSB there. I have not made that bet yet. Um, Gonzaga, I see Gonzaga's playing the winner of the TCU-Arizona State-Nevada matchup in the top half of that bracket. By the way, I did take 18. You mentioned Asheville. I did take 18 with UNC Asheville against UCLA. Okay. I got to think that depth is going to be an issue for the Bruins. <laughs> yeah. And you got to think that Mick, Mick Cronin's not going to want to play his stars too much, too many minutes early in the tournament and uh, wear those guys out. So if he has a big lead, you got to pull some guys out of the game. Now, coaches are sometimes hesitant to do that in the tournament because of the way leads can get blown so fast. But 18 is a big number. By the way, Asheville out of the Big South – Drew Pember, 6'10", senior, 21 points, 9.5 rebounds, big South player of the year. I think he's going to be hard for UCLA to handle. He's attempted and made more free throws than any other player in the country, 262 of 314, 83%. You got Tejian Jones, a senior guard, 15 points a game, 45.6% from three. He's made uh, 98 threes in 34 games. I think Asheville's a respectable team here, and uh, – I took 18 against UCLA in that one. Since you miss, you mentioned Asheville, I thought I'd go ahead and. Uh, that well, out. no, thank you. I took 19 and a half when it opened, so okay. I, I well, think we're a better at, number than me. <laughs> okay. Well, here's the thing, Bona. I mean, Bona, might, you're just like you said. You know, the other forward now, it, he might not play. So, I'm I'm concerned just like you are, and I'm really hoping that you know, going back to Santa Barbara, that you know, Zag, Zags fans kind of give them a push because I could see them covering a little, maybe even the first half too. So. Uh, loving it, man. Well, we're out of time, Maddie. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I uh, really oh, appreciate hey. all your insights. You know, it, where could our listeners and viewers get your great information and media? Uh, all at vsin.com, vsin.com. I'll tell you some of my uh, better bets here on the way out. I got a couple minutes, so go. Uh, oh, okay. And all these, most of these are up on the vsin website, and I talk about them on all the shows, so it's not like top secret information or any, anything hopefully we got some winners in this tournament i got a bunch of plays and i want to have more and i'm going to live bet all these games too right yeah. I, I love utilizing live betting especially in basketball i've got Furman plus five and a half auburn pick em, penn state plus three colgate plus 14 arkansas minus two northwestern plus one missouri plus two Asheville plus 18 um Drake plus three, Kent State plus four and a half, Iona plus nine and a half. I did not get the best number there. And uh, BCU plus four. Uh, those are most of the bets I got in the first round so far. And uh, the only total I played was uh, the Houston uh, Houston game under 123. That's uh, okay. Houston, Northern Kentucky, which plays a lot of zone. And I'm, I'm thinking the Marcus Sasser might set that one out. Yeah, uh, I would. They don't really need him. You know, he should, he needs to get his groin healthy for round two. And if he sits that one out, I think under 123 is going to be a good number. Absolutely. Or a team total under on Northern yeah. Kentucky there, too. I'm, I'm waiting on a few team totals myself. They usually come out late. They're not offered in every book, but 
that's one of them. Uh, actually, we have it written down in my sloppy handwriting right here. Northern Kentucky team total. Yep. <laughs> I got Howard <laughs> Howard's team total under as well. Waiting on that. I made a second half play actually. Kansas versus Howard. Uh, second half under seventy six points. I think that you know it just kind of slows down at the end. I, I, I expect a massive blowout here. So um, kind of like looking at a little different angles as things come approach to us so well thank you so much for all those plays I, I i didn't even have time to write them down now i'm gonna have to replay it so i can take a look at those there maddie <laughs> appreciate all your uh great work at vison too i'm such a fan i've been following you for a very long time and once again uh really thank you thankful that you came on the show matt well hopefully we got uh more winners and losers this week best of luck to you and everybody else and uh like you said, this is my favorite week of the year, so great to be on with you. <laughs> yeah. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Game on. A huge thanks to Matt Humans from vsin.com. The NCAA tournament starts Thursday morning. Get your brackets in. If you have any questions for us at the Oddsbreakers, feel free to tweet us at the Oddsbreakers. Message us at info at the oddsbreakers.com. I hope you crush your sports betting for college basketball for the whole NCAA tournament. Hope you win all your bracket challenges. Thanks so much for listening and go get some winners.